Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Going in Circles podcast network. My co-host and friend Barry Spears will be with us right after the first break, as he always is. We recap uh, quite a long list of stake races this past weekend. Churchill Downs had first derby points races. Uh, Woodbine had some had their big Rico mile on the turf. New York had a couple races. Charlie Appleby used the North America as an ATM once again, like he always seems to do. Uh, we'll talk about that and uh, some of the stuff that's upcoming. Big big card at Parks on Saturday. Drew today. Pennsylvania Derby looks like a uh, stellar field, actually. Good, good group. We'll talk about that and a whole bunch more. Be back here in just a few minutes. So Barry came up with an excellent idea. The Saratoga Racing Blog, the Going in Circles Daily Saratoga Racing Blog. Patterned sort of after the great Stephen Christ, who, when he worked for the Racing Forum, did a Saratoga Daily Blog. Uh, Steve retired several years ago, and we figured, what the hell, let's, let's try to put our own together. And so far, it's gone seemingly well, if you haven't seen it, check it out at goingincirclesdigest.substack.com or we put the link up every day on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, all sorts of social media. Uh, check it out. Hello, Sniper. Hello, Mr. Simon. How are you this week? Uh, I'm here. Which is here? About, yeah, I'm still here. That's good. That's a Barely. Good Being here is important, wherever here may be. Present. Being present. Are you willing and able? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, that's good, because we have some things that to speak about tonight. Oh boy. Things of, of urgent <clears throat> importance. Important matters on the table. Important matters. Now that the queen is dead, do you think we can do something about this Charlie Appleby guy? <laughs> no. He's still going to win races here. He doesn't just win races now. Now it's not even a matter of just winning. <clears throat> It's not even in question if he's going to win. But, um, I mean, now they're just embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like a, a foregone conclusion <laughs> that when he ships somebody here, that horse is going to win. Yeah. yeah. Modern games had so much horse under Buick. He about wiped out Roger Atfield's horse. and then then colliding with that horse didn't seem to bother him at all because he immediately he actually went faster bolted right past everyone just like they were standing still 
<clears throat> I gotta say that I know no one cares about weights anymore, but um, the way weights, some of these races are weighted is bizarre. Like, like it doesn't make any sense. Like Mott runs that Philly in the race, the the Woodbine or whatever they call it. What kind of the Rico Mile? Or, is, that, is that still the Rico Mile? No. I don't know, whoever sponsored it. Um, outdoor place now. Philly, you, you think that she should be getting you know more weight, but <clears throat> it was just a very oddly the the. I read through the conditions, and and you'd have to have like a like a <laughs> law degree to try to figure it all out. If if you won this kind of race in 2022, but not this kind of race, and you won that kind of race in 2021, now what happened in 2021 having any bearing on a race in September of 2022 is is beyond me, but. I mean, these used to be handicaps, and now they're like... <laughs> Make it up as you go along. Yeah, like... And I understand people don't really get all upset about it or uptight or even, I guess, maybe not even paying much attention, but horses that are winning lesser races are getting weighted higher than, than superior horses. It just doesn't it just doesn't make that much sense. But, um, but no, Chuck Appleby came over here and... Uh, Sweep. It was a crush job. <laughs> he won the two-year-old race at uh, the, the summer, which that horse just galloped. I saw someone had pointed out something about the whip rule, and not sure why that race would be used because the horse was just clearly better. <laughs> um, and I mean, obviously, Modern Games was. Much better. Modern Games, who won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year, he was part of the old uh, California debacle where they scratched and unscratched and. That was never explained, by the way. No, not 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 to anyone's uh, uh, satisfaction. That's for sure. But we did hear about all the great things that those people involved did. Though, seems like they screwed up and. But um, we haven't forgotten. <laughs> uh, but uh, Modern Games, you know, he's pretty much spent most of the year over in Europe losing. I mean, he was second to, uh, how do you say that horse's name? Baid? Baid, yeah. Baid? Like Jason Baidis? Just imagine if Baid was over here when, he would when just, like, he was flight line. He would just win, win by 100. They would just not even run the race. They would all just say, you know what? Um, and he's skipping the arc, which I saw a lot of <laughs> a lot of our Euro friends mad weren't real happy about. <laughs> Big mad. I guess, I guess that would be like the equivalent of saying, you know what? We're not going to run in the Breeders' Cup Classic. We're going to run in uh, the, uh, <laughs> the undercard. We're going to we're going we're gonna to try the Clark instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for the Malibu. Yeah, I guess being a can't chick- do that. <laughs> but um, back in time to win that one. No, modern games have spent most of the year losing, and they came over here and promptly looked like, uh, you know, secretariat <clears throat> running 
free on the Woodbine Turf Course. Which kind of tells you well, where they're at and where we're at. I mean, it's not even close because, you know, Modern Games isn't their best. Oh, he's not even close to that. Not that. Boy, was he's, he's, I don't think he's won a race in Europe this year. Obviously, he run against Baid. He only ran against once. He did run second. I mean, it was a good race. He, he certainly ran really, really well that day. Oh, but, he's not a slouch, but he's but, not uh, there. He wasn't uh, winning the other races either. Right. So. Um, yeah, and then the uh, the race in New York. That was uh, the Frankie DeTori special. And that horse won easy also. Yeah, he wound up getting the garden trip in there. Yeah, I mean, it was the trip that he wants to get every time. It's just, he just got, a, I think it was just a misjudge of pace and, and, and the, the conditions of the track at Belmont when he lost. Yeah, he, got, he was definitely the best horse that day. He just he got he, he got too far behind. Yeah, he got he, he got totally lost in that race. Um, I mean, even he even finished the other up, horse. Remember, the I think other, I told you that after the race, I was like, man, he he just ran outran everybody and finished second. <laughs> yeah, the Aiden O'Brien horse in that race did too. Remember, Brian? Yeah, was, he was supposed to go to the lead. Was was last and about fifteen wide. Um. The Caesars Jockey Club Derby Invitational. <laughs> what? It's a real mouthful. Uh, interesting, it's still a grade three. But um, Nation's Pride actually benefited from, uh, and, and he was the best horse going. It just was, but he did benefit from from uh, Daunt kind of prompting Classic <laughs> Causeway going uh, a lot faster fractions than I thought they were going to go going a mile and a half. I mean, you know what? Um, yeah, they were pretty quick, and, and, and uh, these aren't disputed by um, Craig, the Time Lord. Uh, but <laughs> twenty-three and four, forty-eight and one, one twelve and and two—that uh, that's pretty quick <laughs> at a Naira track going a mile and a half. We we've seen some fifty twos posted. Um, I, I would venture to say we've seen a lot more 52s or races that the pace was closer to first halves in 52 than we've seen to close to the first halves in 48. So um, they did set a new track record, though. I don't know that they ran a mile and a half at Aqueduct maybe since the last time they had the Breeders' Cup there was 1985. But, uh, I mean, he ran good. He ran really well. But it, they, they need to do something about their that turf series because it's basically just like an ATM machine for Charlie Appleby <laughs> and they can't even get representative fields. And it'd be one thing if they were coming and listen, I have no problem with them guys bringing the horses over and win. That, that's what you're supposed to do, but you're not attracting four or five horses anymore. And the American horses, we, we can't even get <clears throat> the decent ones to run. Um, you know, we, we had in this race, we had a horse that was coming out of $35,000, never win three claiming race, which he lost. <laughs> Wasn't like he won by 15. <laughs> he lost. Um, and somehow, you know, they, they had to fill the gate. So he got an invite. 
uh, I'm sure Bobby Rabato would probably have chosen a, a different spot with Daunt had this been a, a you know a field that that should have uh, you know they, they should be getting for a million dollars. But um, you know it's uh, well you know I I I guess my frustration is you know these adjustments aren't that big of a deal to make they're not you know we can see it everybody can see it and i just don't understand why those adjustments have not been made it's not helping anything by not you know adjusting the schedule or adjusting the graded stakes i mean it's it's not a difficult fix but it just you know it just seems like it is because they don't change it or they don't make any changes. Well, at the very least, they're giving away too much money. Well, yeah. I mean, these, all those factors combined. These races aren't, aren't, um, they're not worthy of, of the person. They get the ones that ran in Saratoga either. Remember the Phillies race in Saratoga, which, which didn't have a huge percent. Well, I think it was three or 400. I think it might have been 400,000. So it's not like it's nothing, but, um, that had a six horse field too, and a couple of them that were um, fillies that you didn't think would be in that caliber of race. Um, and I, I mean, without delving back into our usual, hey, fix the schedule, it's the schedule people <laughs> uh, speech, because we give that all the time and everyone's pretty much heard it. Um, the Breeders' Cup really needs to step up and do something and try to at least get everyone to... Because that, let's face it, in this country, the Breeders' Cup is, is the, the, um, the, the tail that wags the dog. It's the, the goal of the summer and the fall for everyone. That, that's what everyone wants to be in that race and, and that weekend, which is fine if that's how it's going to be. I'm not going to wax poetic about the Belmont Fall Championship meet. It's, it's a different <laughs> time, and it's over. But the way the races are all set up, we for three-year-olds, we have this race. We have the Virginia Derby. We have the, the two races at Kentucky Downs. They're, they're all happening within a couple of weeks of each other. It's impossible to get all the best horses on track because they're all spread out. Um, My question is, why does... Why does Kentucky Downs get get fourteen, and and they gotta they gotta invite claiming horses to make six? It's a million bucks. I I just don't know, and then it's um, you know it's a first world problem for sure. Definitely is, but it's still it's it's very annoying because it's it's you know it's becoming so much of a problem that betters and, and seasoned horse players like we are <clears throat> don't really get enthusiastic about betting races like that. Yeah, we'll watch, of course. But it, it's it they become just terrible betting events. Yeah, and they're just not worthy of, of the you know what what they're giving away and 
Right. But it let's is. face it, the uh, the Phillies race was not really much better. I mean, no. it, was a, it was a more competitive race. Slightly. But, um, you know, and, and they did get a um, uh, a European horse to come over here. But, you know, they get it one. <laughs> and uh, the European horse ran really well. Toscana Bell. Um, that's, of course, who I bet on. But she didn't win. And McCulloch's is a, is a good filly, and, and she was a deserving winner. But, um, you know, the rest of the field, they're okay. But the filly was third, Miss Yearwood. She just got through her first level condition. Um, beside herself uh, was was actually cutting back, uh, and and she went a pretty a pretty good pace too. Um, she went uh, a, a little quicker than than I thought uh, I thought they would, and she was actually prompted by by the European filly. But you know, Kansi, she she didn't belong. Nostalgic. It felt like, it felt like Billmont was just kind of like filling hey, the race. Yeah, she she's not really one. It's like, all right, this one needs one, so we'll just yeah. throw it in there. She, she's not really, you know. She's, I'm tired of getting my my head beaten by Nest, <laughs> and uh, I'm not, you know, the like I'm gonna take a shot back on the turf because theoretically she should be okay in the turf, but she she didn't do anything. Oh. Didn't run at all. Um, so, but you know, the rest of them were just. You know, it, it just wasn't <laughs> like you look at the group and you're like, you're not thinking, "Wow, this is uh, you know, Breeders' Cup aspirations for any of these guys." I mean, a lot of them are going to be running in two other than allowance races. But like I said, it's a it's a first world problem, and it's chalk. I mean, we hate chalk. Uh. Chalk. chalk is not where it's at. Where it's at. Nah, not where it's at. A lot of chalk this weekend, which was bizarre. And then there was a couple of humongous long shots that came in, but <laughs> like yeah. only a couple, and then the rest were just 440, 420. Right, right. Three the, I I thought the um the Woodbine races really were uh, I, I thought the mile race was a good race, and, and obviously Applebee's horse just crushed. But I don't know why guys don't try these two-year-old races. Um, you know, the American trainers, I mean, you're grade ones, half a million dollars. I mean, it's Canadian money, but it's still. Uh, you, you know, honestly, man, it's a lot. That's a big. I'm just looking at the chart for the summer. Uh, the value of the race, $516,000 Canadian. You know what that's worth, American? Same. 389 Oof. Man, I didn't know Canadian money was like... I didn't. Th- I thought it was closer together than that. It's, it's, it's not a big gap now. <clears throat> How Sorry, Canadian. Possible. Our, our economy is awful. Yeah, you must. <laughs> there must be a lot of words. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing, actually. But still, these are grade ones. I mean, a chance to get a grade one with a a two year old turf horse in September, like 
I don't know, but sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Uh, the Natama really wasn't. I didn't. Here's how. Here's, I looked through the Natama, and this is what I thought about the race. Because I was writing up, I did a um, a little preview, a stakes preview, uh, that I got out Saturday morning at eleven thirty. But I got it out, um, and I said to myself, "I'm not even going to preview this race because I don't think anyone in here is any good. I don't have, have much of an opinion, and uh, it just to me it looks more like a like a Woodbine allowance race." Yeah, it pretty much was. Except it's got a grade one attached to it for Phillies. Um, the winner actually was a 21 to one shot for Kevin Attard. Um, an English Channel Philly. It was an overlay, by the way. Uh, yeah, and they, they all came out. Of he the shouldn't have been that long. That that horse, she shouldn't have been that long. There's no way. Um, shouldn't have been like favored or anything either, but. 21 to 1 was a was a big price on that horse. Didn't look that horses, They all came out of the same day, <clears throat> uh, August 20th, except for the filly that ran third, Grand Motions horse, um, G. Lori, who, who was uh, coming out of a colonial race. But my question is, wh- like, where's everybody at? Wh- where's all the New York horses? Right. Four million babies uh, on the grounds. Todd Pletcher and, and Chris Clamont and Chad Brown and Bill Mott, um, at least those four, have tons and tons and tons of two-year-olds. And they weren't represented hardly at all. In Not the, in Woodbine. cases in New York. They weren't represented at all in, in the, the two, two-year-old races up, up there. Where, where are all these guys, all those maidens that broke their maiden at Saratoga or ran well? Where'd they go? <laughs> it's too quick of a turnaround. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. Our man's horse, uh, Lady Lady Spitesphere, she, she won. Money. She won. She wasn't uh, a big price, but she was the winner. I just didn't like super sensational in that race. No, that that but, horse, I can't, I can't bet that horse ever. No, no, she's uh, a hanger. Yep. Um, but it was uh, the Rico Mile. I mean, uh, I was in modern games, just, just blew away. And Ivor ran well. He always <laughs> runs well. Yeah, Ivor beat me for second. I bet Trill Spite. Trill Spite. She's. <laughs> He just wasn't good enough, man. Modern games, like, like punch him right out of the way. <laughs> but, um, I mean, they bet modern games off the board. He was three to five. And he, you know, I mean, he won like it. I mean, I looked at it. I said, you know, he's not a cinch in here. But I was wrong. He was a cinch. Um, you know, other than that, uh, I mean, Mammoth ran... Uh, the second year they ran that now 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 <laughs> and uh a bomb wanted mark cassie 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 didn't win at woodbine but he won at monmouth go um, figure yeah that horse produced a couple uh matter of fact that race produced the breeders cup favorite in the juvie turf last year because of the modern games debacle that's right. <laughs> yeah. 
And again, I, I questioned the, the first quarter of the uh, of that race. I just have a hard time believing that they ran uh, 22 flat to the quarter. <laughs> and then they immediately, the next quarter, they go 24 and change. It just doesn't seem like that's how horses run. But, but whatever. But uh, that race saw a 2-5 to five shot. Oxymore, who was way better than 5, um, lose. But uh, I'm, I'm sure that a couple of those horses will wind up in the Breeders' Cup juvie. Though, if... Uh, the boys in blue bring something over. <clears throat> Watch out. <laughs> we'll probably be running. Because that's what happens. Uh, Churchill ran some interesting races. Uh, you know, one of the things that... Uh, and, and a funny thing is, I kind of knew this stat, but I forgot it. Was... In the Philly sprint race, which got scratched down to a three horse, field. three horses, yeah, that was... and that's one of—I mean, Philly's sprinters <clears throat> was one of the things I wrote this dissertation on a couple months back. How there's really not that many top graded races for Philly sprinters, and how easily it would be to set up a schedule for them that would make sense and get most of the Phillies, the best Phillies, to run against each other. Of course, that. No one's even made a no one's even made a snarky comment about it. It's just as like, oh yeah, that's a great idea, let's not do it. But Bell's the one and the great Neil Pesson is now nine for ten lifetime at six furlongs. And the only loss was the second. And for a Philly that's really a come from behind sprinter. That's almost unbelievable that that she's nine for ten at six furlongs. And you would think that seven furlongs would, would be a better distance, but, but six furlongs she is she's won ninety percent of her races. You know what I would ask is what were the field sizes of those races? Because I think that plays a part in in her winning. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, that that's that is definitely. It's not as though she's having to um, right weave through navigate twelve others or skills. something. Um, I or thought last year if they ran her in the Breeders' Cup, I thought she might have won. Uh, yeah, it was they, you know. Didn't they run on the undercard last year? Was no, he, he, they ran uh, her in that Wisconsin ran in Kentucky. That's right. Yeah. As opposed to shipping out because everyone was was a little bit scared off of uh, of um, Gamine, who mm-hmm. they shouldn't have been. Rightfully so. <laughs> but um, I was one of the ones we called you. We said mm, we're against Gamine. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's her field size. Um, <clears throat> now, starting from the 2020 Breeders' Cup sprint where she ran third in uh two gamine at seven eight. at seven though right uh field size for her is seven six six eight five six six nine seven seven five <laughs> so you know about what you would expect i guess yeah i mean she won i thought it, i thought it would be a little little more more fives in there but i mean what yeah. were the 
you know, like in the races with seven, like were they seven legit? Uh, you know, for her, she comes from behind, so they're in front of her. So she yeah, run <clears throat> inside outside of them, but that that's a pretty amazing record. It is of, with that kind of um, style. It just, uh, you know, it's funny about that filly too. Is I mean, and I, I'm assuming that that she's going to. Um, to stud her, well, to, to be bred after she is six. She's made uh, two million bucks and uh, <laughs> 13 wins. I bet she's got about 11 stake races. She's a grade one winner. Um, so she's one for one on a synthetic track and she's one for two on the turf. I mean, that's. That's pretty salty. Oh, uh, in the, on a sloppy track, she's she's zero for two with two seconds, <laughs> and one does of it the, all, man. One of those seconds was a a hard charging second to just one time in the Madison this year to Keeneland on a on a muddy track where she just just missed. But Neil Pesson's done a really good job with that filly. He's kept her sharp for four years now. <clears throat> This was her fifth start of the year. I'm sure she'll. I'm, I'm assuming they'll run her at Keeneland and, and the Breeders' Cup, so that'll be her her sixth start of the year. Which isn't like uh, going to make you forget about Citation, but you know, horses that make six, seven starts a year every year and they run for three, four years. That's I mean, she's got 26 lifetime starts. Uh, 27 after after Saturday, and the Breeders' Cup will be start number 28 for her. Yeah. You don't see you don't see that that often. Well, she's not talked about in the same way, you know. No, and that part it of it is should because... be. I, I mean, you got a record like that. That's, that's pretty good, man. Like on she all fronts. Saratoga last year and, and, and not miss from out of the clouds. Uh, but for the most part, she's ran in, in Keeneland and and you know in the Midwest. Um, and you know Philly sprinters just don't get a whole lot of publicity. Though they should. Uh, what do you think about the Glos- Locust Grove? I mean, I made a comment right after the race <laughs> that was won by uh, played hard uh, Phil Bauer, who apparently remains hot after his big Saratoga meet. Kind of a weird race, I thought. It was, you know, played hard. I, I mean, I I really didn't like that horse in that race, but there wasn't much in there, and got the trip. I mean, that's that's really what it all came down to. Yeah, I think I I said after the race and kind of drew away a little bit at the end. I I texted after the race, Fazek tipped and should send a van for that whole field. <laughs> <should just, laughs> take all those bears and just send them right to Fazek and. Get them ready. Get her sale. Get them sale prep for the November sale because because uh, I think uh, Crazy Beautiful and and Vutant and uh, maybe We've Gold seen, Spirit. We've seen enough of them. I, I, I think that they they all might be better off uh, just going to the old uh, stud <laughs> barn because they just don't seem to have it anymore. Little Tootsie just isn't a two turn horse. Um. That that she just is she's just a one turn horse. She's been in very good form, but 
she's a two-term she's not a two-term horse she just isn't so i'm sure amos will cut her back to sprints or or you know one turn miles i do have to remind everyone she was bred by my friend the great Devant latham i think that's the third person i've called great in this show it's a lot of greatness out there, man. A lot of greatness, but uh, no, little Tootsie's a she's a nice filly. She just doesn't want to go two turns, and you know, played hard is is it's okay. She's all right. Um, they tried her last year in the Alabama, and she set the pace, and she didn't really set a very fast pace, and she just kind of looked uh, you know overmatched um, against Malathat and Clarier, which a lot of three year old fillies were overmatched by. <laughs> Uh, and then she came back and, and she ran at Churchill in a in a um, an overnight race, an overnight stake, and she just got nailed by Crazy Beautiful, who was in much better form. Uh, she ran second in the Comley in, in the fall, and they brought her back. And uh, they've been running in, in allowance races, which which was the right thing to do. I mean, they got her some uh, some confidence. They made money. I mean, here this is the type of money you can make in allowance races this year. Going into the race on Saturday, she had run three races at Churchill, one two at Sar- Churchill, one at Saratoga. She had a win, two wins in a second, and and a other than two other allowance races, and she had made one hundred sixty six thousand dollars <laughs> from from two allowance wins in a second. So, it just goes to show you the kind of money you can make these days with. With a, with a pretty good horse. Uh, and then, you know, the other day, that was $200,000. Uh, so, you know, she's, she's had a good year. She's she's three for four with a second. Uh, she's made close to $400,000, and now she's a stakes winner. She's by Into Mischief, and I'm sure... Uh, I don't know that she's a Breeders' Cup-type horse. I don't think she's quite up to the level of... Um, Malathat, Clarier, and and, uh, and Nest, but but she's she turned out to be a good horse, and you know it's always nice to see the uh, the guys that don't have two hundred and fifty horses get a decent one. The next race was really kind of um, <laughs> the Iroquois, which. Which is the first Derby Points race, and we should probably go into that as they did make an announcement on Friday that Churchill Downs has tweaked the Derby Point system, and they've actually done something that we've been begging him to do for two years, and that is give more points to some of the earlier three-year-old stakes that that have really risen in um, importance uh, despite the lack of points and that's the holy bull the the southwest the, the bob lewis and um the withers out out to whoever at cdi listens to us <laughs> and they 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 not only did that they they gave the, the exact reason that we've been kind of you know saying that not only do those races deserve more points but they should be trying to get horses to make more starts prior to the Derby. Because number one, it's better for them. It just is. Having a better foundation is better for them. And number two, 
you you get the horses on the track and mixing it up a little bit and, and it raises the stature of the horses and the people get more familiar with them. I mean, the way we had it, or, I mean, and not, not that it's been a huge change, but a lot of these horses are, are, are trying to get to the Derby with one or two starts and, and it's just not going to be beneficial. It just isn't. But Right, they're going razor thin. They're like going, you know, they'll run one race in Arkansas or two races in Arkansas to try to make the Derby. And a lot of it was just because the, they, the connections can add and they saw that the races early in the season just aren't worth that much money. And like a race like the Iroquois should not be worth the same amount of points as the, the Holy Bull. <laughs> no, like right after Iroquois the, yeah. was a mess of a race. It was, it was a mess. <laughs> you have all these horses coming out of sprints. A lot of them going six or six and a half. And they're immediately going to a mile and a sixteenth. And they have no bottom. They have no foundation. The favorite, the two to five shot, was, was, was wildly overbet, was Echo again. Not that he's not a good horse or talented horse. Or was, you know, was super impressive breaking his maiden. But two to five stretching out first. Two to five, exactly. <laughs> like the Harvey Pack adage of can't take a, a short price on a horse doing something that he's never been asked to do before. And it just was was too short. And and Damon's mount and him just got in, in a speed duel. And it just was, you know, ill-advised. They rode him like they were older horses. And at, they got to the top of the stretch, and they just collapsed. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I mean, they just were, like, done. Um, and that doesn't take away anything from the winner. The winners, uh, the winner actually improved a lot his, his last race, uh, Curly Jack, when he was second in, in uh, Ellis Park Juvie. Um, and give credit to Amos. The, they they changed his style around. They they took him from being a horse that ran on the lead his first two starts to a horse that comes off the pace. And and he kind of sat a good trip. And uh, Edgar Morales is someone who a jockey that, that Amos has been using in, in Indiana and in, in Kentucky, and who who rode a really good race. Um, but I mean, Damon's Mount and Echo again. They just literally dueled themselves into the V. Yeah, uh, I told you who I like out of that race going forward, and it wasn't the winner. Yeah, you like Jace's Road, and I like that horse a lot. Actually, he was he was you know he he was closest to the the pace that survived. Um, and yeah, he he didn't do anything wrong. He you know second start, and he was another one stretching out. Um, from six furlongs to a mile, a mile, six or six and a half to a mile and a mile sixteenth. Uh, but I don't. Know, I just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to really make out of some of these races. To me, that they, they, this race should be a mile around one turn and give them a little bit more foundation before you ask them to go two turns. Especially if you're going to go uh, a second faster 
than the Phillies, than the older Phillies did. <laughs> you know, um, the race, the race before. And that was uh, the Locust Grove, which didn't have a, a slow pace. I mean, it wasn't like uh, you know, Crazy Beautiful was out there like trying to steal it. She went 24 point 16 48 and one 112 uh and then two and the two-year-olds who had never even run two turns before went uh 23 and 2 47 and 2 111 <laughs> three so and then they slowed down significantly because um the 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 third quarter from the three quarters to the mile was was 27 seconds <laughs> I mean that they're they're all crawling. The, crawling. the eighth was was uh um excuse me, the last eighth the, the last sixteenth was seven seconds. Well, like you said, they they thought they were riding older horses. <laughs> they rode it like they were riding older. Yeah. Horses. Yeah, like they can't do that, you know, not as two year olds anyway. Oh, and and then uh, you know, in, in the <laughs> Pocahontas, the last race of the day. Kind of the same thing, and Rosario went to the lead, and and, oh, man. and he went a little bit slower, but not that much slower. And his it was kind of the same thing. He got to mid stretch and just ran out of gas. Um, and McPeak uh, with uh, the midshipman Philly got him, and McPeak has McPeak has horses that do this. They come from out of the clouds and these two-year-old races and they run by everybody and and kudos to him for getting a horse ready. I just don't know if she's any good. Or if it was just a fluky thing into a fast pace or if she was just ready to go the distance. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just uh well you gotta see more, you know, you got <laughs> it's it's tough. <clears throat> Because, you know, there's not much to go off of. And like you said, um, I'm going to start calling Kenny McPeak Mr. Johnny on the spot because he 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 tends to do that, like you said, in certain races at certain times. He's at the right place at the right time with the right horse. In the fall in Kentucky with two-year-old races with horses that come from way out of it, he has an under- Your guy. That's right. Easier guy. (laughs) Except some will never do it again. So, uh, we, you know, we both really liked Miles Head a lot. Yes. Um, I barely got there. I mean, he, he, that was, that was, got there this time. He he couldn't get to, he couldn't get there last time when I needed him when he was 15 to 1. He did win, but I, I, tempered my plays considerably because of the price. He was five to two. Um I just thought that I thought Necker Island would get more money. I, I thought uh, Manny Wad get a little bit more money. He went off twenty six to one. But hey one he's he's a nice horse. He likes Churchill. And I think he's always been a little bit better horse than he got credit for, but uh, I don't know that he's really a top Top tier sprinter. Yeah, I was gonna say that was like that was a B team kind of. <clears throat> it definitely was a B team kind of race, but you know it was a lot of stakes action. I mean, the races, like you said, they were either a little chalky or or bombs. So, 
so that's that. Uh, they drew today the uh, the Pennsylvania Derby, which looks like a <laughs> looks like an, uh, an excellent race. I kind of saw a little bit of hand wringing about. Oh God, you know, geez, I read. You know, the Pennsylvania Derby is the best three year old race. Well, a it's the last three year old race. <laughs> B it's at a mile and an eighth. And I don't know why. I mean, post-Triple Crown, the big three three-year-old races are the Haskell, the Travers, right. and the Pennsylvania Derby. Yep. So why are people like, I mean, it's parks. I get it. And parks parks generally should be you know, talked about like side-eyed because they do a lot of funky things there. But, <laughs> I mean, this is a good race most years. Yeah. This year it's a good race. I mean, let's also not forget that a certain trainer's allowed to train horses that run there. <laughs> and he's got uh, horses in uh, the Cotillion and the, the Pennsylvania Derby that look like they're going to be players. Um, You know, the, the, the white-haired guy. So that's definitely uh, something that... that you know, plays into yeah. the strength of these things. Um, but, you know, it's a good day of racing. And, I mean, the Pennsylvania Derby is a really good race. And, you know, you got Zandon's coming back. Kind of interesting that the Joel Rosario showed up on some of the Chad Brown horses lately. Which, yeah, uh, I've been wondering that. Kind of. At the end of the Saratoga meet, I think he wrote a couple. Yeah, it's just kind of just noticing creeping that. his way in there. <laughs> yeah, because you know Pratt wine rides we the people, and I'd have to think that if Pratt was given the choice, he would have chosen Zandon over we the people. But although I, I can see that why if that wasn't the case, why someone would put Rosario on Zandon? Because I think... Oh, that, no, I, I have no problem with Rosario. Right? Yeah, I, I think his style fits that horse, but... Oh, yeah, he, he fits the horse. Great. I just thought it was kind of interesting because that barn had been a, a Ortiz, Ortiz, Pratt barn. And um, <clears throat> and uh, see Rosario is, is riding some some horses for them but no but sandum gets the rail uh a parks horse gets the two b doc gets the three he can be part of the pace pressure i guess skippy long stocking um west virginia derby winner gets post four cyber knife is in the five coming off a, a little bit of a disappointing race though he is cutting cut back and then probably won't be on the lead He's probably better not on the lead. Right, so. not, yeah. I was going to say, he's probably better off, like, stalking. Right, so he, he should be able to get that sort of trip here. We the People is the six, Tony Port, who um, ran in, in the, uh, the the Jim Dandy, just, just kind of ran around there. Yeah, didn't do anything. He gets a rad. So, another one that you would have thought that if... Brown wanted Irad to ride. He, he would have been riding Zandon. 
Um, but maybe, you know, maybe he wants Rosario for that horse, like for the reason you said. Uh, Bafford has Taiba, number eight. Like Smith. Smitty in for the ride. Simplification reemerges for for Mr. Sano. Gets Paco. Wouldn't be a Pennsylvania Derby without Paco being involved. <laughs> Some horse named Naval Naval Aviator is the ten. And uh the eleven is White Abario. Rennie Times horse. Yeah. Who's really it's really the good. shell of his former, his spring like self. He was nice in the spring, and now he hasn't drawn very well, though. No, he, he really he, isn't. He getting the outside is, is not beneficial for him because he's gonna just be wide. And if Louis Sias takes them out. I almost wonder if he's not just gonna send from out there and try to get to the lead. I don't know. It's uh. But that it's a good race. Um, the 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 gallant Bob, which last year was uh, Jackie's Warrior and the Seven Dwarfs, <laughs> this year is a fourteen horse field. Dash for cash. Uh, no no real standouts that are going to be you know no Jackie's Warriors types. But uh, but yeah, we we got a fourteen horser so. That'll be interesting. Uh, the Turf Monster that was won by uh, the, the Cretan, who's now got suspended. He uh, that, That's a force field. We, I, I'm not even going to say his name because I don't like him and I don't care. People don't like him too bad. This isn't a court of law. I cannot like people and screw on Vasquez. He's lucky he's even alive. Um, the Greenwood Cup. The marathon. The Greenwood Cup is, is really one of the more bizarre races you're ever going to see. It's it's just a crazy field, man. Um, it's just it's just a, a, an odd group of horses. Uh, the park's dirt mile mind control again looks to try to um, to repeat. And he will be a considerable favorite in that race. That is not a strong race. Um, yeah, if mind control is a favorite, yeah, not a good race. Not not only is he a favorite, he's going to be a, I believe, a considerable favorite. As in blinking light, like three to five. Oh boy, can't have that. Yeah. Chub wagons racing in the plum pretty. <clears throat> About the turf monster, didn't didn't there like a hundred dollar horse win last year? Yeah, last year that was best. Yeah, that was last year. Horse, right? horse that wound up getting a positive. You know his seven hundred eighty seventh positive from the last three years. Um, the cotillions, uh, kind of a kind of an interesting field. Adari Manor chips in for, for Mr. B. Uh, Goddess of Fire. Fletcher's got uh, got a three spot in there. He's got all his B-team horses. Green Up, Goddess of Fire, and uh, uh, Shahama. Secret Oath. No nest in here. Um, 
Right. Society drew, drew the outside post for, for Stevie A. Um, gerrymander is in here with for Mr. Brown with Joel Rosario. <laughs> what the hell? Something's up here. Or at least this weekend it is. Yeah, I mean, that race certainly <clears throat> is uh, It's a million dollars. It's grade one, and it doesn't have the best Philly in there, so... Take it for what it is, but um, you know it's, it's a really good, it's a good race. Piece. If if you don't like Secret Oath, because I'm guessing she'll be the favorite, and she does carry top weight. I mean, she's got to give six pounds to to Goddess of Fire. So, yeah, it's a good race. Yeah, it's a good card. Uh, I mean, they start off with a with a fourteen horse race for two year olds going seven A's. It seems to have potential for chaos. Love the chaos. Back with a two year old Philly race going six and a half with fourteen. It's gangster right there. You don't see that anymore. Back to back races with fourteen horses. Right. Last time that's happened. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's parks. That that's kind of like the uh, the highlight, I think, of this this weekend. Yeah, I'm coasting into into Keeneland, which should be fun. You know, at least the first week will be. Yeah, Keeneland's front. Uh, somebody said, "You gonna are you gonna do another like daily blog?" And I was like, "Well, not the same. This not not, not not till the springtime, maybe." Keeneland and the well, what about Keeneland? So Keeneland is front loaded the first three or four days, but then the rest of the meat is just kind of a ordinary, like it's, yeah, it's not because they, they have to try to front load it for the Breeders' Cup, uh, you know, the Breeders' Cup preps. Though seemingly people are, are using fewer and fewer preps this close which it's, it just still blows my mind that that's considered real like four and five weeks is considered close but but whatever there's still good races I mean it's still going to be um, you know Keeneland it's Keeneland and they have good races and that's all there is to it mm. but Keeneland Spring would, would be maybe maybe something we might do um, maybe Derby Week, and then Keeneland in the spring, and then maybe Derby Week. But most other meets are just not enough interest in the day-to-day racing that there is in Saratoga. Right. I mean, Saratoga is is, is different for sure. But um, you know, there's just uh, you know, people people pay attention to Saratoga. Plus, it's in the you know, it's in the summertime and. A lot of people spend their some of their vacation time and you know blah blah blah. But uh, I don't think there's a whole lot else this exciting this weekend. No standpoint. And we say that now, and then next Monday something crazy would have happened that we'd have to talk about it. Yeah, they ran a couple. Going, I'm going to go on a limb and say something nuts is going to happen this weekend besides the the park stuff that we're going to have something to talk about next Monday. 
We may. I mean, never fails, man. New York has got uh, the Athena and the Ashley T. Cole. I was waiting for this Ashley T. Cole. <laughs> Ashley T. Cole's a dude from like a hundred years ago. I don't know why they still haven't. Right, they haven't. Why angels? Right. Um. Athenia, which is nine furlongs on the turf, or uh, three and up Phillies and Mares, which will probably have six. Uh, the Bourbon Trail, three-year-olds going uh, uh, a mile and three-sixteenths. Uh, Churchill's got the Dogwood, three-year-old Phillies going seven-eighths. The Harrods Creek, three-year-old Colts going seven-eighths. Um, you know... Is that on Saturday? Yeah. Is Churchill a night on Saturday or day? Uh, that's a good question, too. I do not know. I know. I only asked because <clears throat> one year I went to Louisville um, to play in a, a tournament. And we went over to Churchill. It was a night program. And the Dogwood was run that night. Or shipped in from California for Hollendorfer chocolate something. I, I the name escapes me. This is I want to say it was 2015, <clears throat> but it was it was it was a pretty fun time. Um, but I remember the dogwood specifically being run that night. So yeah, it could it could be a night car. I really because it was the year Frosted won the Pennsylvania Derby. Yeah. Uh, Sunday is uh, Remington Park's big day, the Oklahoma Derby. Mm. Grade three, three-year-olds. I'm not sure who's running in it. It always looks cold there. It does kind of always look cold there. But they have a, uh, the Remington Park Oaks, which is also a grade three race. Um, if you contact us, we'll try to make arrangements, and you can meet Craig Milkowski, Time Form U.S. figure the legend. Maker. Who's Oklahoma's leading racing uh, celebrity? I thought he was the only one, but I was wrong. He's, He's not the leading. He's just the leading. He's the top. He's the one that matters. True. If you want to meet him and get his autograph, just let us know. We'll set it up. <laughs> He's out there. I even have photos for him to sign for. You know, he will. Um... He will tell you all the intricacies of, of timing and all the errors that are made on a regular basis. And ask him about Chet Holmgren also. Oh, he's upset about Chet Holmgren. Well, I sent you a video of the guy the, the, the guy that everyone's tanking for this year. The 7-4 guy who shoots threes. Yeah, he's nasty. <laughs> I can see why they're, they're the tank. He's nasty. Uh, he's 7 Plays like a guard. Now I understand why everyone's tanking. Uh, but the Oklahoma Derby is uh, usually a big field. Usually, yeah, because you know, because it's a, it's one of those B races. And I think they run them Sunday nights. At the, I think they run them at night. I don't know. The tracks confuse me with the days and the nights. I don't. I don't know when when they write them. Not when they're running at night. When they're running. It gets confusing. Yeah, well, I all I know is they run on Friday nights and Saturday nights. 
for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think Oklahoma that they run almost most of the races at night, which is probably smart. And you know their position in the the simulcast hierarchy. Well, I mean, you look at your ADW on a let's say a Friday night. What do you get? Yeah, Charlestown, Remington, Canterbury when they're open. Canterbury just closed, and they closed. So the numbers were up a little bit, and you know it's sad because I don't know what's going to happen with Canterbury because. Uh, yeah, they're they got some quite deal with the deal with the Indians is up and nothing has been has been finalized. So you know the sad thing is that the deal really worked well for both parties there. And uh I don't know that I mean they're not giving them um a huge, huge amount of money. And without it, I don't know how how Canterbury is going to do. I'm going to guess poorly. Yeah, it, it's a shame because it worked. I mean, their handle has done nothing but but go up. Their the the scope of their races and the reach of the races <clears throat> going up. I mean, it, it's done what it's supposed to do. Uh, so like, it just kind of sucks to see. Right to have no. no you know, kind of definitive direction. I read a, I read a story three or four years ago about the, the Canterbury um, deal with the Indians and how everyone on both sides was so happy. The, the casino did much better on days that they raced and that the investment was, was very much worthwhile for them. So and now no brainer for them to yeah. sign again, right? Right, but then for whatever reason, they don't seem to want to do it. Now, politics, I'm sure, is involved somehow, some way. I don't know the inner workings of Minnesota horse racing. It's the tribe or is it the track? The tribe. So they don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. even though they said that their their casino did much, much better when there was racing, live racing. Which makes sense. Yeah, you're bringing people there, you know. The people that win, they're like, hey. You know what? There's a casino next door. Yeah. So I I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen there, but they're closed. Emerald's closed. Right. So you got Remington, you got Charlestown, you got Penn National. And this is just thoroughbreds. Now, I'm, you know, not going to run the gambit on uh, harness tracks. But so you got those three. And, you know, do you want to include Texas in there? No, because you can't bet on them. Bet them. So well, okay. you can maybe no, no. There's no betting on them at all, right? You can't watch the races. You can't do anything. No, you can watch the races. At least the quarter horse ones, because I was doing that this weekend. Yeah, because the quarter horses aren't governed by Heinzen. Ah, uh, so that makes sense. Okay. So we won't count them. And Delta and their their quarter horses too right now, right? Yeah, I believe so. So there's only three night thoroughbred tracks. I mean, if you want to really throw one in there that does good business is Los Al. They they do okay. And they're actually a little later for the East Coast folks. And then you have you know, 
the Australian contingent that's late, late night. Yeah. The, then now we're getting into the real. You're getting into the sniper territory. Yeah. yeah. I went to so the that's what I mean. So so running at night is, is definitely kind of a thing because there's not much competition. <laughs> at least for flat racing, like for thoroughbreds. Right. No, no doubt. Went to the harness track today. Sort of I saw that. It was weather over there. We had some weather. Yes, we did. We had weather. Lightning. Lots of lightning. Lightning strike the grandstand? The lightning did not strike the grandstand, but the it looked like for a minute there was going to be a tornado and we were all going to be wiped off the face of the earth, but it passed. It did rain some. It's so bizarre that you get that kind of weather up there. It just boggles my mind. Out of nowhere, too. Just like right. Cold. It just pops up and then oh. it's gone. And then you're like, oh. Oh, look at those black clouds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did not have a seller card today. Our man, Brian Beer, is in Ohio. He's Oh, uh, the brown jug. The brown jug, yeah. They they warmed up for the brown jug today by having a 20 race card. <laughs> it's only 20? It's it's crazy, man. That's that's a, that's amazing. They they run, yeah, yeah. The little brown jug is this week. He's out there. He's got a box. Oh, first time. Right. right. He's, he's a first time starter at the little brown jug. I've never been to the little brown jug. I've never been there. But uh and I'm not, I'm not gonna make it this year either. But... <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, that's 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 happening. Uh I was up with the mayor, was that uh the Mexican connection in Saratoga, right out the gate, the back gate. Oh, really? Yes, sir. The mayor was over there. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask. No, he was he was on his best behavior. He went to the Willie Nelson concert last night. I saw that. I did see that. And that's amazing also. Cause we're... I didn't know Willie Nelson was still alive, man. Man, you know how much weed Willie Nelson smokes? That's the only reason why he's still alive. They said he doesn't smoke anymore. He bullshit gummies. <laughs> he said he just <laughs> eats the gummies. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. such he's lies, he's man. Eighty nine years old. Eighty nine. He's eighty nine. He's older than Lucas by a couple of days. No, he's got two years Lucas, on him. Doesn't he? Lucas, by the way, ran, ran that Philly naughty gal in that race the other day. She she just absolutely did not belong in that race. I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. He's got he's like you know you don't remember the old me, do you? Seriously, like that. <laughs> I'm just gonna run him wherever. And I don't you know honestly I don't mind that because maybe it'll set an example and have somebody else step up and start running their horses. Yeah, but she she didn't belong. She didn't belong. Yeah, she she, she the the veterinarian, the pastor should be embarrassed. He shouldn't be embarrassed. She could be fifty lengths. Only fifty. She just started two weeks ago. I Sarah know. Tuga, she ran terrible that day. She won stake the race before that. <laughs> yeah, she she was terrible. That, that filly should not have been allowed to race. How they passed her, I, I have no idea. But she she didn't even get involved. She was 
she was eased essentially the whole way. It was 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 a bad look. I'm I'm still upset about that. I mean, if we're gonna have all these heights of rules, and you know, at least let's take care of the most important ones, like not having horses that shouldn't be on the track on the track because she clearly shouldn't have been on the track. She could be fifty five zero. So you mean that the uh, seventh strike isn't important? Yeah, no, it's it's much worse to, to, to <laughs> have that seventh strike than have a horse get beat by 50. He'd have, he'd have had to, by the logic they use, if he had hit the horse 700 times, maybe he would have been there. I'm still pissed off about that. And I'm, I'm pissed off and I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of these people on Twitter. Just shut up with your opinions. You have your opinion. It's fine to have your opinion, but you're stupid and I'm tired of it. Oh, they should follow the rules. Shut up, jerk. If they changed that, the highway to 50 from 70 and you went 51 and they took your license and, and we all would you know, yell to you, well, you should have followed the rules. That, that's what you're saying. It's just not practical. It's just stupid. That too. Stupid. I don't know what tablet from what mountain that the number six strikes came down on. Oh, I'd love to hear that. that. This is the 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 golden rule of 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 the golden commandment of 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 racing is is six strikes because this this group of of know-nothings decided six was going to be the optimal number, which is completely not the optimal number. It's stupid. I don't know what the optimal number is, but I know it's not six. Well, nobody not does. in the manner in which they're doing it. That's that, the thing. You know, nobody knows what the optimal number is as long as it doesn't look like abuse. Exactly. That's the main thing. And that's the thing. It's not abuse. Right. It's not abuse. Like <clears> I, I said this a couple weeks ago. If you got to keep rewinding the tape to figure out if the horse was hit six times or seven times or nine times or ten times, then it's not abuse. Right. Abuse is something you could see. Like, if you let me abuse the stewards, like, you put us in a room all together, you would see abuse. You would see it. You would know it. You wouldn't need to count how many times I threw him out the window. It'd be once. But... You know, my dad says to me today. No, my dad's not on social media like at all. He's just, you know, just my dad, and he's concentrating on, you know, like this morning he was watching replays from for the lakes. Yes, yes, sir. His plans got all messed up because my mom had to go to physical therapy, and 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 they had a sloppy track, and he couldn't adjust, so he just. <laughs> Hey man, not he, just every... he just stopped for that. You know, you can't wear mud caulks anymore. So the, the finger lights did have an old school sloppy track today. It was <laughs> none of the sealed stuff, man. It was sloppy. <laughs> but um, he said to me, he goes, you know, you should talk about this in your podcast. I said, what's that, Dad? He uh, he said, I saw two jockeys in the last two days, like almost not try in the last like 16th of a mile. So what do you mean? He goes like they, they ran out of their, their, their hits and then they were just 
you know, coasting. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, one guy, like, he raised his whip like he was going to, like, hit the horse. And then it was almost like he was thinking about it. Then he, he kind of gave it a little shake and a little wave at the horse. And and, and then, you know, he got he got beat for a second. Yeah. And, and you know, he, he's, like, in his roundabout way. It's, it's a tweet I made the other day about the competitiveness of these races is, is, in, is in question in some, some ways. Like... All these people on these boards, none of them know nothing, okay? None of them know nothing. They might know about whatever the hell it is that they're trained to do or they've done their whole lives, but they don't know nothing about race. But everyone, everyone should realize that the racing, the foundation of a horse race (laughs) is competition. Right, it's just that, the race. And all this other stuff is, is just minutia. But you are distracting from the comp- competition, the competitive angle of a race. You just are. Well, that's you've the issue. And you've infringed on the jockey's ability to give their all because they're sitting there counting strikes. And if you don't think that, that that's what's happening, you just don't know what you're looking at. You just don't know what you're seeing. And, and it's okay. A lot of people in horse racing, involved in horse racing, don't really know what the hell they're watching. But when you're, you're, you're tasked to, to set rules, you're also supposed to protect all the participants. And what they're doing is not really working, but they keep trying to scream at the top of their lungs, oh, it's working, everybody loves it. Yet no one seems to like it. No. No. Except, you know, people don't bet. <laughs> but that is that that is such a racing thing. We'll make the rules and everybody can just, you know, if they don't like them, we'll call them names or say they're horse abusers. Oh, you want to abuse horses? No. No. I know more about horses than all of you do. For the most part. And uh, trust me, I've been hurt by horses a whole lot more than they could hurt me. <laughs> I don't it's not doubt about that. And and that's the thing is it it, it it's now we're going to equate seven strikes with a, with a a nerf whip to to abuse, and it's just like that's asinine. That's idiotic. People that do that are stupid people. They're childish. They don't want to discuss. Look at look at Mammoth. Look at the numbers at Mammoth. Look at the numbers. Look at last year's. Look at this year's. Really, you tell me the difference between last year's Mammoth meet and this year's Mammoth meet. Between the horses that were were there, the race schedule. It's almost a the races themselves, like a replay. It was totally there's, different. There's one difference. And Mammoth's handle and things were, were, the numbers were way up. What's the difference, Barry? Whip rule. Exactly. Exactly. Because last year it was the most radical rule of all. None. Yeah, it was hard to watch. This year, totally different animal. 
night and day. And the stewards there still stink, by the way. But still, it's like the fundamental. The fundamental of all fundamentals in horse racing is putting two horses in a gate and having them run around the track to see who comes in first. And somehow or another, that seems to be forgotten. And that's that's a scary proposition. It really is. Right. We've gotten so far away from the, the basics, the foundation of what this game is about. And, we're, and it's like, you know, it feels like it's just slipping away slowly. Someone posted a, a jockey in Australia, one of the top jockeys over there. He got like a two-week suspension for not riding his mount out. Someone mm. put that, and they put they, they put my name in there. And they said, look, a, a, a real jockey suspension. And I said, yeah, it's true. But the difference is that they're penalizing their jockeys for not trying, and we're penalizing ours for trying too much. Which would you rather have? <laughs> Very true. And I'll bet you all you people who are thinking, oh, these guys, blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you I'm the only one of you, of all you people, including myself, that threatened a jockey after a race. <laughs> I told Terry Thompson after a race, this is about 15 years ago, I said, I wasn't even in a race. I said, if you, if the virus, you hit, use a horse like you just hit that one, I will take your whip and I will do it to you. And he looked at me like I was a crazy person because, you know, sometimes I am. But he was beating on a horse. I, I have no idea why. That was up the track. And he, I don't know if he was just mad or, or what, but that's abuse. That, that was abuse. It was abuse. Did the stewards do anything? No. Which is why we're in this 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 predicament in the first place because they didn't enforce the rules that we had. Anyways, we're doing a uh, Twitter Spaces tomorrow at eleven. Yes, eleven a.m. If you have questions, and you're on Twitter. Just buzz, buzz our guy Squid. He's he's moderating it, and uh, we're, we're definitely doing questions this week. Definitely do questions, and there's no stupid questions. There really isn't, because I mean Chuck can tell you how many stupid questions he gets from me a day on stuff that I don't know. That's not true. Barry doesn't ask any stupid questions. <laughs> No other people have asked lots of questions. No, honestly, there's no real stupid questions. I mean, listen, this business, this game does a terrible job of educating everyone. So it's not unusual for people not to understand a lot of the going on because, you know, where do you go to find out, find answers? And the second part to that question is where are you going to go to find answers that are actually you know, right. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> because you'll get answers from some people, but they're gonna be way out there. You know, like the guy that says bet three horses to win a race and he's suddenly become an industry standard or all the other people that get these jobs that do a terrible job. Um 
I'm kind of going off into a tangent. I probably shouldn't, but. <laughs> Anyways. We'll be on Twitter. Space. How about those I dolphins? Mean, that's that's what we should be talking about. Yeah, exactly. Then we should end the show on the dolphins. Yeah, I I just want just want all these people. I'm not gonna say a word this week because you know, Buffalo is just, just coming up and that's been a thorn. But how you like two and now? You get guess what? If you're not a Buccaneers fan or a Packers fan, or I guess even a Bills fan. He's better than your quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) He's better than your quarterback. And we got Tyreek Hill. And I will admit, things did look a little dicey there. It was. It was a great game, though. And the defense couldn't stop them. They couldn't stop anything. No, neither neither one of them, to be honest. The NFL looks a whole lot different two weeks in than... And people were expecting. Oh, did you see the NBA move today? Mm-mm. New rule for the draft. Uh-oh. 18-year-olds are back. Oh. No more one and dones. You don't have to go to... Did they uh, say why? You don't have to go to the NBA boarding schools at Duke or Kentucky anymore? Arizona. <clears throat> Doesn't, we're not, we, we've never been a big one and done school. We're, we're a foreign school now. We got we got all the foreign. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who's who's playing? Who who is playing for the Suns? Yeah, Aiton. Yeah, one, one guy, man. Oh come on, bro. Calipari's got five a year. No, that's true. That's different. And, and then and Coach K, Coach K saw the, the writing on the wall. But no, the the eighteen year olds are back. The NBA Players Association gave it the the thumbs up and. And they're back. Oh, I guess it doesn't even matter with all with the NIL deals. I wouldn't want to leave college. Well, you getting that income? Well, I mean, there's no reason to go straight to the NBA. Probably make more money. Nah, nah, <laughs> first round picks are getting guaranteed. Oh, money. first rounder. Yeah, I yep. mean, yeah. I, I well, if you're not a first round, but beyond that, it's like what? Who cares? But yeah, the, those guys are. Uh... You got a guaranteed contract. That's four years. That's that's money. That's money. But they're better off going to the NBA. They've always been better off. They're better off. They're going to get better coaching. They're going to get better training. They're going to be asked to be professionals and not have to deal with the, the nonsense that they have to deal with in college, like, you know, going to class. <laughs> Such an inconvenience. I love when people tell me, oh, they should get their degree. Listen, buddy, if you're a good NBA player, you know what you do? You hire someone to do whatever it is that degree would have trained you to do. You don't need that degree. You're making $22 million a year. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah, but that was kind of a a blow for expected surprise. Kind of came out of nowhere. Honestly. Yeah. I thought that the the 19-year-old rule was was firm, but nope, that that was today. That was interesting. 
Interesting to me. Be, uh... No, that's, that is interesting because, you know, they flip-flopped. They were like, no. Well, I guess maybe they looked and they saw there were so many alternates to going to college now. and right. the, the dudes were going overseas. The guys are going overseas. There's like two startup leagues. There's the, the G League. Uh, um, what's the team? Uh, Elite. Elite, yeah. Uh, they got, you know, there, there's just a lot of different ways. So I guess maybe they just said, you know what, what what's, why have these kids going overseas for a year? Just let's just draft them. What difference does it make for eighteen or nineteen? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I know that Victor dude. <laughs> Better wrap him in bubble wrap and hope nothing happens. Because seven four guys, he, he's he's bigger than Holmgren is. Yeah, he is. He's taller than Holmgren. A lot taller. It almost looks surreal when he plays. <laughs> I know, right? And, and he's, he, it's like he, a cartoon he, or something. For, for a guy his size, he's he's pretty smooth. He's very athletic. He's, I mean, he can move well. I, I haven't seen a guy that big move that well. I mean, Yao Ming was close, but this guy's like a guard. Yeah, I mean, he runs like a gazelle. <laughs> he just, I mean, there's not much he can't do. No, he can't. Well, we, Mandaloon got retired last week or this week? Mm, both. Yeah, Mandaloon. We'll go with the stud. Yeah, Mandaloon. It's going to be a busy, a busy season for first year Stallions next year. <sighs> Life is good. White line. Flight line, Jackie's Warrior. Um, and, and how many of these other ones are, are going to wind up going? You know, is, is Hot Rod Charlie going to race another year? Is he yeah. gonna come? Uh, Epicenter. I mean, honestly, if nice. anybody would, I, I would say if there's anybody that could have come back like that, it would be Hot Rod Charlie. Everybody's gone. Maybe a win. And those that that those connections seem to have a lot of fun with them. So early votings is he is he already retired? <laughs> you know, no, he's not going to go to stud. Red strike. Red strike. <laughs> <laughs> the people's horse. I don't know what people, but the people's horse. Sonny Leone. Sonny Leone's actually doing, He's doing good. all right down in, at, at uh, Gulfstream. He is. He is. He was always a good rider. He was. He, you know, I remember. You know, seeing him at uh, Turfway to do. He used to do damage over there every once in a while. Yeah. I, I saw a Philly ran at Goldstream the other day. Infinite Diamond. Oh, yeah. The one uh, Romero's riding. Yeah, man. Whew. I don't know what she beat, but, man, she beat the hell out of him. B Jersey. First crop. Stands, stands at Darby Dan for 5K. Horse was super fast. Yeah, man. That, that horse ran really, really well. Really, really well. Made a nice four on that horse too. 
Yeah. Oh, Mo Donegal was, was Yes, Mo Donegal. Ugh. First captain, he'll probably go to stud. Olympiad, I don't know if they'll bring him back or not. I would think they would, but you never know. Happy Saver, I'm not sure. There's no races for Happy Saver. <laughs> Wouldn't, couldn't Happy Saver be go to one of the Dubai races? I mean, he's got to be as good as uh, I would. I, that would he's be... as good as what the horse, the country grammar. I think so. Yeah, I think he's better. I do too. Country grammar might go to stub, but no one's breeding to him. I hope they go over there with uh, Happy Saver. I think he'd have a good shot. He he's it's perfect for either one of those races. Yeah, you'd think that 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 they'd take a shot with him. No, oh, we we'll ask Pletcher when we see him. See what he says. Probably laugh. But um, nah, he's probably still mad you didn't coach. <laughs> he told me he wants to get fired. He doesn't want to coach. <laughs> He doesn't want to coach the horseman anymore. He, he, he wants out. <laughs> he's resigning. That's, he's resigning from his lifetime position. The, the, the horseman just, they just can't get the job done anymore. So you need a new general manager. <laughs> well, they had CJ. CJ. CJ was unhappy with his role. <laughs> he didn't like coming off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> CJ was buried on the bench behind like four Engelharts. Two guys don't even train. Who's who stunk, by the way, too? And oh, Manny Franco ran. Many Manny Franco looked like Iceman Gervin against those people. I told you that. Nobody believed me when I said Manny could ball. Nobody. And I was like, yo, he can play. Yeah, he was good. Well, Against that, against that, against that squad, he was. That's for sure. But uh, anyways, yeah, we're gonna do a weekly um, newsletter, so uh, it'll be out Saturday mornings. This coming week, I guess we'll do some parks, right? Parks, yeah. is that... no parks, parks, parks party, party at the park. So. Check that out, and uh, like I said, we'll do we're doing Twitter Spaces tomorrow. Uh, we'll put up links on Twitter for and that. If you're not on Twitter, then you know you can't listen, but you should be on it. Join just to just to hear. I think you can actually. I think you can listen to the recording. Oh. You can't live, so you can't give us any questions. But um, yeah, check it out. Friday also. Tuesday. That's right. Tuesday and Friday. Barry will have a, a cinch on Friday. <laughs> I won't I won't put any pressure on him to come up with a cinch for Tuesday. Yeah, because nobody's running. Tuesday's a tough day. But uh, no, we'll uh we're, we're we're doing those and uh and and we got some other stuff. Oh, and we're doing our I gotta get on this is my fault. I gotta get everyone rounded up to get the poll. We got the new poll coming out. We'll have that by next week. By next Monday's show, we'll have the new poll rankings. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Spinelli asked me that today when, when we were at the harness track. 
He was worried he was replaced, but he is not replaced. <laughs> I, just, I just forgot. <laughs> so, yep. For the seven people that care, we'll have that poll for you next week. All right. Well, Mr. Sniper, it's been real, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk we'll talk well we'll talk tomorrow on Twitter. All right. All right. See everybody. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out.